Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash for your free audiobook download. Do we, want, do we want to use a Brad ad read? A Brad read? A Brad read? Of course, yeah. We only use Brad reads, yeah. Okay. March 13th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 98. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Welcome back from Britain. Thanks. Oh, yeah. We, actually, wow. We, uh, we were there. Yeah. You heard about it on back this podcast. Back from the BAFTAs. Congrats, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. It was weird listening to the podcast last week. It was the first time in my life I've been able to listen to an actual episode of Idle Thumbs not having been on it. How was it? It was cool. It was fun. It was actually like... I thought it was going to be a good episode. <laughs> what do you th- <laughs> just when we sat down to record it i had a feeling you just had a feeling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a twinkle in ollie moss's eye sure yeah yeah no it was good it was fun it was did fun. you keep wanting to interject and say more meaningful good yeah, things never, to make the podcast better? i actually never once even had the like that never even occurred to me that's because you also time. don't even know who dash rendar is I thought I assumed he was going to be a wacky alien or something. No, no. <laughs> I, like, I, I thought I knew. I thought I knew. No, I just mean like Star, Star right. Wars has all these wacky named aliens, right, and I just right, assumed. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, I looked at. Okay, so no one. I guarantee nobody noticed this, but I made the episode art for last week, even though I wasn't on the podcast. And so you were on this Ken, episode. It's Kentucky Route Zero with Dash Rendar like walking around in it. It looked. And, it, it's. Uh, you photoshopping Dash Render into that is really funny to me because that picture looks like the painting Nighthawks, but that painting is always corrupted to have like Elvis and Marilyn Monroe <laughs> right. and stuff. Right. But yeah. now instead of like like yeah. the indie game guy, it has fucking Dash fucking yeah. Rendar. But the stupid thing about Dash Rendar is that if you search for him on Google Images, you just get a bunch of pictures of dudes and they all look different. They're all just different looking dudes. They all look stupid. They're all just stupid looking That's dudes. Dash Rendar yeah. is one of the last. He's like of the last era yeah. where you're of so few polygons that maybe you're still open to interpretation for what oh, you so look he like. first right. appeared in the video game? Yeah, Dash Rendar started yeah. off in okay. Shadows of the Empire. Okay, okay, so like, okay. Which was face. a crazy like, transmedia like. Yeah, no, I remember it existing. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's in Shadows of the Empire, that. And then he's also in the cover of the novel and probably the Dark Horse comic. But he started off as probably like. 70 polygons or something right. like that yeah because yeah. he's just well, like I mean, so he already looks completely indistinct and then you shrink him down to the size i had to to put him in that thing and there's nothing about it that could possibly say dash rendar to anybody i was bummed about that <laughs> i thought it was funny to put dash rendar in that game but then it ended up being totally pointless good work yeah thanks so you did contribute to last week's episode but it was uh of yeah. no merit exactly <laughs> <laughs> thanks so Chris. some would say i'm just continuing my uh my, my whole sh- sh- you were so mad when we were in the cab on the way to the bath and you were like, 
damn it. I was going to talk about Yoda stories and how it's like a roguelike. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, we talked about Yoda stories and we talked about Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures last week. And I think this is a conversation, maybe Chris or someone here that we've had before. But it's funny mm-hmm. to look at, at Yoda stories, which was maligned as all fuck when it came out. Can you, and, you describe to me what those are? Yeah. So, um yeah, I've never played. Also, you said Indiana Jones and the Desktop Adventures as well. Those two games are the yeah, same. They're, they're the same, same engine. engine. So yeah. different art. Their games. LucasArts looked at like the sort of really, 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 really early casual gaming space that existed, like which was dogs basically with a no, Z? like oh. like solitaire and free cell oh, and things like weird. like mm-hmm. Chips Challenge, like stuff that came in the Microsoft Entertainment yeah. Pack, like the yeah. just getting board case. Yeah, like yeah. just just getting out of the just getting out of sixteen color windows. The classic like yeah. rack at like Staples. Yep. Yeah, you, you bought these at the checkout counter. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a pack of gum. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, but the the game that they made, they the... still have that by the way. I wa- near the <laughs> yeah, Thumbs, no. near the Thumbs office. There's like a one of those just shitty there's outdoor a, yeah. shopping centers with like a dog wallpapers. And there's there's an Office Max, and they still have the little free standing right. a thousand and one shareware like, games. Uh, Oils Deluxe, yeah. like Oil casino like they still have all that yeah. shit it's amazing it's the best fireworks yeah. screensaver yeah and it makes mm-hmm. me wonder if people who have office max stock should sell it or are people they wouldn't sell it if people or should you it. buy stock <laughs> in <laughs> shareware spindle yeah, rack even companies. more the companies <laughs> like office like, that's like a tiny thing for office max what about the companies who produce that shit how is, what about the people who are programming and doing the art for that stuff <laughs> <laughs> so i wonder if i wonder when the last new one of those was developed right like they're still producing i, was, CDs yeah. Yeah. Like, I wonder if like this is now an avenue for a fucking like mission district or williamsburg hipster to try and use oh, as their medium where there's now going to be an ironic <laughs> spindle oh, game Jesus. like kentucky route zero could totally put out a fucking spindle pack right and people yeah, yeah, would yeah. be into that happening where yeah, it just yeah, has yeah. a and, like weird southwestern man with sunglasses on the cover <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway so yeah. yeah so lucasarts answer to that game was this really odd thing the first one was called indiana jones and his desktop adventures it's all tile based like it doesn't like it looks kind of like a top down super nintendo zelda game or something mm-hmm. except that there's it's not smooth movement at all you just go blip 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 from tile to tile like a grim rock or something like that uh yeah mace, more like chips challenge or okay. like right, like right, right. old um but the way that these games worked the idea was like we want to sell these i think to people to put on their work computers where like it didn't run full screen it ran in a little window that was like 300 by 200 pixels so it took up like a quarter of your screen. You could minimize it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, you played as Indiana Jones and you would just go on a tiny quest where it would just generate you 15 minutes worth of content using completely random tile-based levels with one of multiple different objectives like get this idol or bring back this person or whatever. And you'd like whip monsters and navigate little tiny uh, overworld, underworld combos. And then it would just blip to the next adventure and that was it. And everyone shits on those games forever, except that they're basically what are now rogue roguelikes, right? I mean, roguelike likes, rogue 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 like like like. Yeah, Spelunky is like the closest comparison to yes, the yeah. thing that's been popular in recent years because that that like is the real time nature too. Yeah, the real time nature of it, and like also the, you're Indiana Jones. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, exactly. But um, the thing is, they were. Well, actually, my strongest it's, memory of those games was how LucasArts marketed them, which was something like yeah. over 5 billion games. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Which it's is so Atari style. It's like the exact <laughs> wrong thing to pitch about those. Like, it's the exact thing that nobody talks about when you're talking about 
spunky or something. I mean, not in that way anyway. Like you say like, oh man, this little interesting story happened that was unique this time. But the, you don't try and pitch it as like the game itself is a different game. Like right. there's like 40 billion possible – I could play this 40 billion times and there would be a new game each time. Like no one <laughs> – your brain doesn't – Think about games like right. that that way. It's especially funny since they were, they were, I think at least, marketing that towards like office play gaming, right? Which yeah. is right. stuff like Chips Challenge, Jez Ball, Heart Solitaire, yeah. Minesweeper, which is not about a billion games. It's about mastery mm-hmm. of those games, like play it over, and over, and over and over so and over and over again. Deal like, with like yeah. the unexpected. Like Solitaire isn't a billion games in one because the hand gets dealt a billion different per- <laughs> permutations of times. Right? Sounds like, like an issue of semantics. But, <laughs> Shut up. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, like – but yeah, Jake, as you say, the interesting thing – I mean the theoretically interesting thing about Solitaire is that you get good enough of the systems that even though the game deals you a totally different hand right, each the time, randomness is the, you're is the challenge. of dealing with it. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, you can do it. I mean it. it's it's also worth pointing out that I don't think Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures and Yoda stories are particularly strong games. No, but the not, ideas no. behind <laughs> them, <laughs> it's one of those things I, that blipped up as an interesting idea with flawed execution that then disappeared and mm-hmm. now has come back around. But people – but just when we were talking about that last week, I was sitting there thinking about it, thinking about it, and someone said, oh, they're like kind of like modern casual games. And I latched onto that. But I, the, yeah, the thought that I was trying to get to was those games are basically – Proto roguelike like proto proto roguelike like yes worst word worst you found the worst term I found it they, I also remember how much just to to continue the comparison to other sort of Windows casual games they they looked like Windows software yeah which was oh, yeah. at the time to me extremely unappealing I hated that about those yep. games they looked like I didn't mind playing I played a lot of actually Minesweeper and Solitaire but the kind of video game like approach to a tiled world. Combi- combined with the like the very windowed nature yes, the window of the itself. software itself oh, was disgusting to me. I, it was like offensive. <laughs> it actually doesn't it. bother me at all now. Like I look back at now, it now and go, and I'm just like, oh, weird. It just yeah. looks like they were trying to make a Windows yeah. game. The thing yeah. that bothered me uh, when those games were new. Let's all. What's your one? Let's go around the circle and talk about our gripe with Indiana Jones and his SF Adventures. I I thought that had those games had smooth movement instead of tile based movement, they would have probably been mm. an order of magnitude better. I hated the. I agree. I hated the the tile based. It's weird. Well. It's good that we all at least you and I. Nick, did you play them? Uh, I played the demo. I mean, I like I played the. Sure I played the demo trial too. Or right. something, and, you know, I remember. I, never... I think I bought it, which is terrible. Oh man, <laughs> I remember playing the demo, and the demo still did all the randomly generated stuff. So I remember thinking. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are. Other there's other content you unlock, but I remember playing the demo and being like, "Why would I ever buy this game?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I have access to at least that's what I two of the five million out of yeah. twenty five million combinations, <laughs> so I can play this yeah. demo two and a half million yeah, times. And yeah. Indiana Jones's adventure is never the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, thank I can't you for, remember. Was the demo like timed or was it a content limit? I think I it was remember. timed. Okay, that okay. Yeah. Then it's all for the best that I never got. Yeah. The yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. I forgot about that hmm. when I was in England. Yeah. Land of Aang. Yes. Thanks to all the guys there for showing us a good time and being on the podcast. It was really awesome. Yeah. yeah it was cool. I it was cool listening to those guys. I haven't seen them in, I haven't seen those guys in, long, in like they miss a few you. years now. Yeah, I miss them too. You can hear Alex every week or every month on the Idle Book Club though. That's true. Oh, choice. Choice Alex is this month. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, oh. If you listen to the Bye Bloodcast, it's stick it out to the end. Yeah. Um, or just, I bet you could fast forward. Don't do that. <laughs> but now listen to the, it's a, it's a decent one. It was fun. But yeah, Alex at the end. Oh delicious yes <laughs> magnifique yeah yeah so magnifique. i imagine we've all been playing a lot of sim city jake and oh i have a 16 God. city region but it, i want i need to join in your guys region i'm really 
Oh, you can join our region, Chris. Oh, it's called Jake. It's called (laughs) what is it? It's called Jakeville Two Thousand. You can join Jakeville Two Thousand. I didn't. I didn't know what I was naming because I forgot that you named the region first and then the city. So I I was like Jakeville Two Thousand, which is admittedly also just a shit name (laughs) for a city. But then don't say the name of your thing because I was like I joined up and I was like, oh, we're naming our cities after ourselves. Did I tell you this? Uh, So like yeah, yeah. I was told to Nick. So I was like, oh, I'll name mine. And I sat there for a minute. I was like, something like a California city. I knew what I wanted to do. It was going to be coastal. I was like, Santa Shano. I was like, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Lovely. And then I'm like, Santa Shano. I'm like, oh, let's go get Jake's city. And I go to the, the city view and I click on it and it goes, cool town. <laughs> you here's, fucking kidding me? Here's the thing about cool town. I'm gonna, an eight-year-old cool stole town. Jake's computer. I, I'm, I'm going to defend cool town because I think the cool town is a legitimately cool town. If you look at <laughs> Jake, a cool town apologist. Whatever. He's cool. the mayor of Cool Town. I don't know. What, can you, what, if, uh, what if we... There's what a if new we, mayor of Cool Town. This is probably a real effect that happens with cities where, like, yeah. like having driven through Dinosaur recently, like, the, the mayor of the town next to Dinosaur was like, what the fuck? What? Come on. This is... We're trying to be real here. Be real. The population of Dinosaur is a proud one. The population of Cool Town has pride in their God. Cool Town. I just, that just made me imagine a, like... Got the mayor of Cool Town. A political yeah, attack yeah. ad. Like, the mayor of Cool Town is at it again. One <laughs> of those snide. Like, right. Is that the Cool uh, Town the mayor you want to cool live town? in? I think he is. <laughs> wrong for Cool Town and wrong for you. <laughs> Oh, is this the cool Jake town? Jake 2000 is wrong for Cool Town. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cool Town and the greater Jakeville 2000 area. Metropolitan <laughs> area. Uh, it's but good. It's, it's uh, cool because of the, what's wonderful is that. Cool town. Yeah. It's a cool town. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. Let's admit what it is. What's yeah. wonderful is that. Are you talking about what's wonderful about Cool Town? No, about Jakeville 2000, <laughs> oh, the region. Yeah. Is that. Uh, I have like uh, a baby Golden Gate Bridge suspension bridge <laughs> in mine. I have one of those too, but I'll tell you what it is in a second. Okay, yeah, keep going. But um, because I have a mainland area where there's industry, and then there's it's kind of like an L-shaped island just off the coast, mm-hmm. and that's where my city is, and that like that's where people live and work, and then there's industry on the other side of the bridge. But when you go, to, you can just over these like nice rolling hills see the glow of Cool Town, and when you go to Cool Town, <laughs> you can just see like the top of the oh, bridge. I love that about. Oh, I, I deliberately invited you to join. Yeah. That one because of that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, I love it. But, I, I have that. I totally botched a region in mine. I just fucked it up beyond. Did repair. you leave it? But see, so you, no, you no, just Oakland. I didn't realize that. The, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Ouch. Actually, God, would, wow. I love. There, are there any regions that have the immovable interstate going through the middle of them? Because that would be fantastic. Oh yeah, where it's just like where what you're am just, I going to fucking forced, do with this? You're just forced to make Oakland. I wish there was an IKEA really? tile. I haven't seen it. No, I said, are there any? That would be amazing. I don't think so. But so th- that's actually there's actually something that is kind of irritating to me about regions is that some cities within a region just are not connected by interstate and never can be. Yeah, you I gotta, find you that do, a little you strange. Gotta, you can like, put a I, boat port and get stuff back. And yeah, stuff it just I, I I mean this is my fault I guess for not realizing it ahead of time. But like I started heavily in inve- building up two cities in the same region that I was hoping to make one of them like the bedroom community for the other. And then I realized, like, oh, they're never gonna, like. It'll be a while before I can start putting in boat ports and shit like that. Like, right. I just wanted to get. It's actually a. Great I fucked up my cities immediately. Well, like the overview map actually does not do a good job of showing yeah, no, you. It, it, it like really for everything doesn't. else that has yeah. all the crazy data visualizations, being able to just see potential networking opportunities of this region versus this would be. Although nice. I, I honestly just feel like they should all be connected by road because that's if this game really. I mean, 
Yeah, they, real they life. chose in SimCity to like one of the big criticisms that's been leveled against this version of SimCity, like unlike SimCity Four, for example, is just how car and road centric this one is. Yeah, like, it has to be. and I mean, uh, well, based, just, on based on their simulation, right. yeah. And um, if they're going to take that, like, if they're going to be that like hard nosed about that, why not model another thing that's true about car, car culture <laughs> in America and have all towns in a region be connected by an interstate. Like, that's how right. it is. Have a really good interstate like, Why system. would that not be the case right. for any The, fif- the 50s happened, region. and our interstates are yeah. rad. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that drives me absolutely bonkers is, so I look over at Cool Town, and you did a good job of this. I actually want to talk to you. I want to know how you did this. But your well, streetcar system mm-hmm. is nice, mm-hmm. and I want one. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I was building my town, I blew a lot of money on roads and took out just a bond. Really I do that early. all the time. I, get, yeah. I, I do that basically I every town I build. I know, yeah. but I always but, you know, start you just by doing get the that. Bond. Oh, are you going to talk yeah. about the, your rolling yeah, upgrade yeah. thing? So, what I, like, I have, like, when you're playing this game, you're at a, you are at God's eye view. So, you're looking at your entire region as this palette to which mm-hmm. you're going to build this this society or this, this yeah. town. This cool town. <laughs> so, you start thinking, okay, I'm going to put, like, pollution generating things way over here i'm gonna have this here maybe mm-hmm. i'm gonna like grow mm-hmm. to have a like, downtown area way over here so you sort of like mock it out yeah, yeah. you know so at least try an urban plan a little bit yeah, yeah. you just sort of like yeah. almost like los angeles in the four and like in the 30s mm-hmm. they sort of just had really long roads I'm like there's gonna be a neighborhood way over here we yeah. got all this fucking space let's use it so that's what i think when i start playing the game and then everything starts to fill in but there's no way i could have afforded to do that and use streetcar streets so now I have an entire city built around these high density streets that I'm used to. Mock but you out. want it. You want. That's avenues. why I do all of my. I do all of my initial city skeleton with medium density avenues because they can be upgraded eventually to streetcar streets because they're the wide. Oh. They're the wide kind. Yep. Medium. Yeah. yeah. It's, I didn't know it's, that. You can start. It's like the most affordable version of what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's the cheapest version. It's the. It's the there's cheapest. Four, there's that four can lane. Be eventually upgraded right. to streetcar. There's streets and then there's avenues and the streets mm. are four lane and the avenues are six lane and you yeah. can upgrade a street as high as you want and then. There's a hard stop at high high density and street. Yeah. Sean, your suggestion, which I thought was actually fantastic, was the idea that if you and the game obviously doesn't do this, but when you said it, it was it struck me as totally brilliant because it feels like actual urban upgrading. Right now in SimCity, if you've got a street and you want to turn into an avenue, you have to bulldoze it, which obliterates all the zones. Everything along. Everything, yep. Um, and then just redo it and hope that the lines all connect correctly and stuff. The thing that you proposed that I thought was really cool was the idea of you were like, why can't I just drag over this and then have it do it? And I said, well, it's not going to do it. And you, you have to bulldoze. And you said, that's not how it works in fucking real life. In real life, if a city wants to widen a street to the point that it would fuck up the things, it would do it in phases. And it would knock things out one at a time and have this phased upgrade. And I really thought it was a, like a cool idea that would fit inside of their metaphor to let you use the free draw tool or like a, a variation of the like like pro fucking extreme upgrade but you could drag your path and then it would just say it would give you a like it would put a timer on it just like each chunk of street takes x time units to do and that street would just go you know one chunk at a time over time so you'd obliterate zones let it sort of start filling in and then when that happens have all and then have the game just automatically obliterate the next zone and start filling it in because the road tool is right even if it had to delete the buildings right that's what i mean like if if they're like like, if you were going to turn like if the city basically just eminent domains those things like sorry we're extending the sidewalk six feet in both directions we have to knock these down right but phased but in but in phased way right you're that's exactly what they would it would be fucking crazy and nobody would actually the thing that i thought you were going to say was have Cool. Things. The thing I thought you were going to say is keep the total width of the road the same, but decrease the number of lanes in order to accommodate 
sticking a well, streetcar track in. I think yeah, the other those thing, aren't necessarily mutually exclusive like systems. No, either. sure. I yeah. just I just thought was what I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other the other thing to think about is if a city can't do can't rip itself apart. The things we talked about earlier were things like yeah, one way streets or one way streets with streetcars. Like there's a lot of things like that. But yeah. the the thing that it reminded me of is I went to college in Santa Cruz and, and Santa Cruz was hit really heavily by the 1989 earthquake. Like it was basically really near the epicenter. At least I imagine this is what's going on because that that city was just was wrecked. But downtown Santa Cruz Pacific Avenue was like a rinky-dink beach town, and three quarters of it, the main drag at this point are just all new buildings that were put in in the late '80s through early 2000s. And that part of the street is actually a lane and a half wider with really wide sidewalks. And I imagine that it's because they're like, okay, well this part's fucked anyway. Uh, so I was going to wait for an earthquake to happen. From, like, yeah, but then they clearly just – they rolled through and slowly just upgraded mm-hmm. huge chunks of downtown one at a time. And it it seemed like that would be a really awesome way for SimCity to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. The only time I've seen Cool Town running on your computer is when you had that meteor shower just wreck everything. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Disaster. Yeah. I had a lizard show up. I had a Godzilla. I wish, there were a mo- I wish there were a mode of this game where you could play in regular mode, not sandbox mode. But turn off goofy shit like superheroes and can you not turn off disasters in in the SimCity? Because in old SimCity, you could just turn off disasters. I believe the same way you could. I don't mind natural disasters, but yeah, I have a life like I'm just talking about the goofy. Like I have Maxis Man living in my town. Yeah, I don't. I never build. I never want to do that. I get that mission. I'm like, I don't want to fucking build Maxis Man. Like that's fucking lame. I, I have know. a cool like plateau that has (laughs) all of my (laughs) Maxis Man lives. He lives up there, but it's also like like. City Hall and like I have a, a community college <laughs> like up there. Buildings and stuff. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, nice. Cool. It's really a good area. Good I, view of the bridge. It's very nice. So, have you guys found in playing in the regions that your shit works? Because mine doesn't. Like it's one. That's no, been a this casualty. Work. Of course not. Uh, no, I know. But oh, I mean, yeah. like, it's one of those things where okay, so the online shit is obviously has been busted ever since release and is getting less right. busted. But the region stuff I find really insidious because it feel like I'll play the game for several hours straight and it feels like the whole game's working. But region shit just doesn't work at all, and nothing goes city, through. Like, specific to city communication, I don't think has has I been reliably working at all. I think it actually was okay. disabled along yeah. with some of the other features. Because Sean and uh, okay. I, because I, I we, we can Sean and I are playing in the same region. We have two different cities running, and we can see the cities build up in real time. But I can't. Sean can't rent. Uh, fire trucks can't rent fire trucks for me. I can't Half send computers to his city. Like oh. none of that stuff actually talks to each other right now. At least when we last played, <laughs> it talks to each other just enough to make it stupid. Like I well, it doesn't it's not talking to each other, but I. I sent my one of – so I built up one city very, very heavily until it was at the point where it was like not feasible to build anymore, which happens quickly in this game. And Yeah, it's uh, a great part of the game too. What's that? It's kind of a great Yeah, bad. yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess, the, I guess you're supposed to compensate for that with regions. So I'll start another thing and like just to make it easier for myself, I just, I'm just accruing money at this point in my first city. So I'll just send myself $200,000 to this other city and it took the $200,000 $200, and just never – it never showed up. Oh, it just went that briefcase into was lost. The air. It was all the, yeah. I just pressed the max button. Meanwhile, and just set all yeah. my money. in Cool Town. <laughs> <laughs> cool Town just got a whole lot cooler. <laughs> Municipal windfall. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, God, if bugs in this game were just someone else's like community chest, where it's just like the things that appear to be bugs are actually just weird, like. Um, it's actually embezzlement and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone else has that supervillain character, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I don't know. I feel like I can't really have a, a 
an overall sense of what this game's about without the region stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because it's clearly, like incom- it's the clearly whole... incomplete without it. Exactly. The game does not feel like like a complete game to me, which is a really dumb thing to say given what everybody said about it over the past week or so. Well, this but is what's funny about it, though. Like, doesn't feel this like is actually, mean, yeah. I mean, this is actually maybe disturbing that this is the case, but whatever. This is my experience. Playing the beta for an hour was the exact correct amount of time for you to not notice the the limitations right. of the game, but still get super excited by by all the stuff you can do in an hour. You know what I mean? Like every time we played that beta, it was like, oh my god, I just want to keep playing it. This is amazing. But if you play for like an hour and a half, right. you can very easily max out your city size and then mm. be like, oh, well, now what do I do? I maxed it out. Because you're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, I actually like tried to stress the point of, of that beta. To see what the limitations yeah, were. The way, I, I the way Jake and I, I did it was I like, became really skeptical yeah. of the game at that point. Did you buy it? I did, but I yeah. haven't been able to play it yet. So yeah. I can't really have well, it. Well, your computer has been... The thing that I had to make peace with in this game that is different from how I played previous SimCities because it has a limit on sprawl mm-hmm. is... I mean, I, I, I imagine this is your guys' experience as well the more that you play it, but just making peace with the fact that you have to rezone regularly, making peace with the fact that you have to demolish stuff all the goddamn time, like... Just the idea that because you're limited in space, if you want to have a city of any note, you can't you can't stick with your original plan. Like you have mm-hmm. to iterate yeah. inside of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like, yeah. It, but for the first few hours that I was playing, whenever like I would zone a residential thing, and then I'd see neighbor like the little moving truck drives in, house shows up, and I'm like, oh, I got people are living here. But then be like. I know, I know that if I widen this road and if I put in some parks and a yeah. goddamn police station, there's going to be some skyscra- skyscrapers in this. Like, this city right. block is going huge if I do that. Right, right. But look, but I built this neighborhood. Like, I yeah, intended yeah, yeah, it to be yeah, this yeah. specific thing. Yeah. Ugh, but yeah. then just going, okay, fuck it. And just knock that shit out. Yeah. Uh, it, I feel really depressed because yeah, I have to just weird. gentrify my shit. Yeah. And then it suddenly goes, uh, it goes huge. And so is like, that, is that effect like adding something to the game, or is that just plain frustrating? I mean, I guess uh, that's the question, right? I mean, is it get once I got over the fact that if I wanted things to be interesting i would have to actually invest in the space that i had instead of just sprawling out and hoping right. that the middle mm-hmm. continues to grow up the wider i get mm-hmm. that actually has been really interesting like trying to cultivate high income areas and try but also trying to keep a little bit of a class balance in your city because certain people don't take certain jobs like yeah, it's right. that actually is a thing that i'm finding really interesting um i it, find myself just thinking about all that stuff from the beginning here. like the cities i make now i I stay for as like for as long as I can focused on like one sixth of the total footprint of my potential city. Like I will just be, I will like figure out, I'll be thinking about parks right from the beginning. Like I'll, I'll build, I'll immediately start by building one really long road to the total other corner. And that's where I start putting my power plants and industry and stuff. Right. But like the, my residential area, which for me just always ends up being near my highway just because that's just the way that I always default. Um, oh, that's funny. I did the I did the I did the exact opposite. Oh, really? That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I um I always um I don't have any reason for that. By the way, right. it's just no, it's what, just, it's just yeah, what I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like focus on that as long as I possibly can, because I know at a certain point once I start building schools and police and fire department and this and that, like suddenly there's going to be a certain amount of space that is non-negotiable. That's like these things I'm going to want, period, and they're going to take up X amount of space. So I'm going to be as creative as I can within a self-imposed 
limit before I kind of figure out like what oh, yeah. the rest with, of the shit's going to be. With Cool Town, mm-hmm. I really deliberately did the opposite of that. Like my goal was just make make an incredibly self-sufficient if slightly low to like lower middle income thing mm-hmm. just make a really flat city and then once that thing is just making me 15 25 30,000 mm-hmm. an hour then going and start ripping stuff out and pissing people off but then they'll thank me later oh wow i've never made that much in an hour ever oh yeah i'm well, so i am in your so, face no i the way that i play is so it's so funny like i i i also started city, raising taxes once people oh, got happy man. i know i go services I standing over your like, shoulder and you're like these people could afford 14%. Like, are you fucking crazy? Whatever, they're happy. People in oh, yeah, they, love it. they love it. Typical California fucking liberal <laughs> tax and spend. They love it. Yeah. Well, the way Welcome I, to the Cool way Town. I, <laughs> bring it. The way, I, Thanks, the way I do it is I just run the most razor thin margins. I, there are so many fucking parks in my city. Like, mm. the number of services that I have in my city a billion is, parks. is absurd. I have. So many parks, like I have fucking streetcar and bus stops on like every corner. It's ridiculous. I am apparently I spend so much money in these games. It's outrageous. I'm apparently just running a like it's obviously some city is capitalist, but I guess I'm running a weird socialist paradise because I have like one park per residential neighborhood. That's all you get. It makes you happy. <laughs> uh, you are taxed to all shit, but everyone is happy to do it. And then everyone goes and works in my huge pile of polluting factories up the hill. Yeah. Oh man, I never build pollution. I never build polluting stuff ever. In fact, how I, do you? How do you? you what? Gotta build an industry. I mean, industry pollutes. How do you make it the money? Uh, yeah. How do you get past that? <laughs> I do build. I do build industry, but I I limit how much of it I build. Oh, I got a shit. And all my power and all my like the first. I have I've, all wind power now. For my sure. first surrounded like, by factories. I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> Turning pollution through their yeah. turbines that are turning right, yeah. black. I started originally by having my first like city hall upgrade be like education or like or uh, trans- transit or and now my Business. first one's not no now my first one's always um, utilities because it allows you to build cleaner stuff earlier and I'm just I I'm mm-hmm. just super conscious of like pollution and you know what's the best feeling actually in the game what? like is building the water treatment plant and mm-hmm. and deleting your sewage pipes yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. that's a really nice yeah, feeling no. where you guys be like yeah. goodbye poopy groundwater yep goodbye yep it's been excellent i haven't done that yet mm-hmm. cool town is a gross polluter no, i I, <laughs> I, I keep getting it I on the ticker one. it's like jakeville 2000 pollution on the rise i'm like not in our fucking town you'll notice that God, a fucking cool town over there behind point, the I mountains one. you can't see it but if you could raise your camera a little higher to see into my city you would see right behind that mountain range is just like <laughs> like it's just yeah, yeah. Oh, it's rank i build one sewage pipe and then from that point like by the time i have a city that needs more than one sewage pipe i need the clean like mm-hmm. i i have oh, oh man i was i had three sewage pipes i mean my people just poo more well, it's just because that's my. F- I'm thinking about this shit now. Well, okay, I've only I've only done this in one city. Like I've only had time to like prove this out in one city since I figured it out. But I had one city that became so gross that my next city, like right from the first second, that all the only thing I was thinking about was like, how do I avoid ever having a poopy city? I actually like. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> you join Jake the 2000. They're gonna be cool town and well, poopy. So this city. is the reason I want to play regions is because I actually really do want to try a situation where i do just have like the fucking armpit of the region that's just a disgusting horrible right. mess there's some the casinos pristine, in there too like i i want to actually play with other people where we can kind of like roughly agree like all right 
I am just going to destroy the shit out of this plot and you guys can buy all my electricity. And, you know, like right. I want to try shit like that with people. Where you'd have corrupt industrialists running this city yeah, over here. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be an instance where, fine, you can – I'll build the supervillain fucking right. headquarters. Tell me about your bridge. <laughs> so, OK. So I had I, – I chose uh, a couple cities ago. I chose a plot just specifically because there were a lot of rivers and like hills and stuff in it. And it actually ended up being a huge pain in the ass. This actually, this is actually something that really actively bothers me about the small city size. Right. Is that when you have interesting terrain, it just means you're fucked because you can't build on slopes. Like you, you can't uh, like curved roads make curve. Curved roads are super fun and cool, but as soon as you make a curved road, you're just surrendering precious land yep. out of this very limited totally. city. It's just very frustrating, and so. Um, interesting terrain just exacerbates that. So you get in the situation where you're like, fuck, I have like four houses up on this hill and it's taking up like right. a quarter of my fucking map. Um, but anyway, so that's not, that's not the point of the story, but I had, um, basically like four main sections of my town that were kind of just separated by the geographical features of the thing. And so I had a road, like a big Avenue, a streetcar Avenue going from one downhill to another. And at one point the road does almost a 180 like it just curves around like a mountain pass and it's it you know it it comes off the ground a bit like it was the road is elevated a little mm-hmm. bit but like in real life it would have been <clears throat> five ten feet of elevation mm-hmm. you know like it's a minor elevation around a curve and I, I i always have these moments in my game where i i'll let my money pile up for a while and then i'll do just a citywide road upgrade yeah like i'll just go every single road like one level and i and i'd finally got to the point where every road in my entire city was upgraded as much as it could be like everything was either a high density street or a streetcar avenue and and i had that one little bridge and the bridge was already a streetcar avenue but then i clicked the i'm like oh i can still upgrade this upgrade for free to suspension bridge streetcar avenue so i click that and so now i have this fucking golden gate bridge bonkers thing for like for like a little lip like turn a quarter mile of this tiny little turn like elevated five or ten feet off the ground it's the funniest looking fucking thing because when you look at my city from another city in the region it's like this you see this like majestic Suspension. I think I saw a screenshot of this on Twitter. Yeah, you did. You did. I put it on Twitter. But if you actually go into that city and zoom in on it, it's it's nothing. It's like a. It's like a a uh, Hollywood Vegas. It's like the Las Vegas version of the Golden Gate. Mayor on spending spree. It's hilarious. It's free, says Mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, I built in that same exact town. I built the Arc, the Arc de Triomphe right in the middle of my industrial zone just for the hell of it. <laughs> good. And so you did good. just make Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't understand. It was weird. Like it would fluctuate between earning me like $4,000 an hour or losing me like 6000 And I don't understand. I'm, I'm not really sure I understand. What That's historically that. accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, I, I've, I have mixed feelings about this game, but I really, really want to play it. With other people in a stable region right. game, I, I have feel like that's mixed what feelings about this game, game is actually supposed to be. I don't know if the bad taste in my mouth will ever leave over the, just all yeah, the technical shit. It's been, shit it's been really fucking rough. Apparently, we're all getting a free game. I know. You know what Isn't I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to get Mass Effect Three so I can play the Citadel DLC, which everybody says is like the best. No, not everybody. I've seen a lot of people say it's like their favorite Mass Effect content ever. Wow. What and I loved this. I don't know, but I loved the Citadel. It's in Mass apparently, Effect DLC, 1. which involves the Citadel. In Mass Effect One, the Citadel <clears throat> is my favorite part good. of the entire right. Mass Effect series. Yeah, yeah. Well, I only played Mass Effect One and Two, but like, 
I, I kept seeing people talk about it. I'm like, God, I wish I could just play this without having to spend $60 plus the cost of the DLC. Right. Like, that's so much money. to want. It's like people who want to play Minerva's Den. Right. And it's like, well, I'm buying this entire game. Not that Bioshock 2 is a bad game, but it's like right. if you if you do specifically just want to play the one thing, it, it sucks to have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess now that I'm getting a free EA game, maybe I'll just get that and then, you know. Sweet. Sure, I'll play Mass Effect 3 eventually. It's been, it's been weird playing SimCity while also flying in airplanes as often as I have recently because we mm-hmm. flew in and out of London for the BAFTAs and then I mm-hmm. went down to San Diego this last weekend. And SimCity has been having the Tetris sleep for me where I play SimCity <laughs> immediately before yeah. going to bed and then when I close my eyes I just see like neon blue versions of streets and like mm-hmm. zoning and all sorts of horrible just like curved road drawing things just populate my eyes until I go to bed. So that's just burned into the back of my brain. But playing a bunch of new SimCity with its weird with the weird sort of curved roads and non-grid based stuff and then flying in and out of the Bay Area and in and out of Southern California a lot. It's it is crazy how much that game actually gets it right as far as the look goes, which mm-hmm. um I don't know if it's there's a criticism there's a lot like you touched on earlier Chris there's all the, there's criticisms of SimCity for its support of basically vehicle-based, road-based, essentially nineteen fifties yeah. American. Right. Well, it planet. feels like it feels like California cities across. The that's board. the that's like, the thing yeah. about what I don't know if it's I don't know if it's SimCity's job to give you the opportunity to look at the state of the art theory of urban planning, whereas instead, or I even think, the reality of like current trends in European municipal planning or something like that. Right. Like just, but. The way that SimCity works right now is really cool in that it actually shows you the a really simple version, obviously, of the good ideas and the good ideas gone awry and the thinking and the trade-offs behind basically the cities in which you live if you live in America. And, yeah. like, the the notion of, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess at this point I hope that they put the stuff that a lot of those people are asking for in SimCity. Like, I hope that maybe we do end up getting the notion of being able to upgrade a commercial area to mixed use commercial residential right. or the notion of pedestrian streets or walking mm-hmm. like a walking walking downtown. Awesome. Yeah. But the reason that I want them to – I'm glad that they didn't do it now is because everyone who's playing SimCity right now gets to look at the reality of where they live. And well, not everybody but everyone living in the environments I mean, you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah. Like the people who are playing SimCity who live in North America or who live in anything other than like basically cutting edge urban planning areas, mm-hmm. places that were built with either automobiles or – pre-automobile but sort of vehicular transit in vibe subtract northeast coast america because i don't really think that fits yeah it's still roads first i mean it's not gridded but whatever okay urban planned america like the last 150 years of america Mm -hmm. it's cool like it would be nice for the demand for those features to come from the audience and for the appreciation of those features to be felt by the people who have been stuck with the current rules that SimCity has. Like, if SimCity showed up right out of the gate and said, you can build walking streets, I don't actually think the player base would care. But now they're going to be like, oh my god, thank god. Think about all the things I can do in my city because I have this new idea. Or, like, think about what what I can do to my residential zones if I have this weird sort of mass transit commuting plan that wasn't available when all I had were above ground trains and high density roads. Like, the the audience having that need through experiencing the systems themselves is more interesting to me than Max is just saying, we're going to put a whole bunch of modern uh, 
ideas in that you probably don't experience in real life. Well, also the I think I I think that the the design attitude that went into SimCity was um, the way that they built the simulation, as we've talked about on the podcast before, is fundamentally different than the way past SimCity games have been built. And I feel like this game actually tries to be true to itself and its goals as a simulation more than it tries to be true in the actual nuts and bolts to the kinds of cities it's depicting, which right. sounds like a weird, maybe sounds like a weird um, mm-hmm. juxtaposition, but I, I feel like the, the road, the um, kind of almost slavish adherence to the road based model um, was regardless of how true it is to um, every possible city in the world. I feel like was something that when they hit upon that as designers of this game, they needed to carry through to the full extent to make a simulation that made sense with that in it at all. But now that it's you up, know, now, no, I agree. But now, now, that, it, that, it's, now that it's up and running the way that yeah, it is, you can yeah. imagine you being able to draw can. other types of yes. road that you could then yes. zone against that would yes. be able to integrate into the system. But I, you're right I that, I mean, what is there is very pure and clean in and of itself as its yeah. own sort of stylized specific yeah. thing, whether or not reality works the way that it does. Right. It reminds me of, uh, I mean, this is a poor comparison because this SimCity is more ambitious in almost every way than a new Anno game usually is, which tend to be very iterative and like very sequely and like just th- those new Anno games are not as, are not as ambitious as SimCity, but to the sequel to Anno 1404, also known as Dawn of Discovery was um, Anno 1404 Venice. And like that to me is a, like the kind of expansion I would like to see in SimCity, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is just a fundamentally different kind of city. I mean, the reality in Anno is that Venice isn't as different as you would hope it would be, but it's still like, this is a city built around canals and like this different, this different like way of understanding right. how, how a city flows. And like, that would be, I think, a really cool expansion to, to the new SimCity. It's like just this whole other paradigm that slots into the one you have, like that, you know, that, that is like this adjunct style of municipal planning that can potentially coexist uh, or right. not, like like yeah, Mars, could... yeah, like, like Mar- SimCity Mars, Mars. yeah, uh-huh. sure, okay, Colony. Yeah. It is it is SimCity twenty seventy or whatever, where just a time bubble opens uh, on your region map. There's just one city surrounded by a weird sort of blue sphere, and it has hover cars, which don't use so roads though. No roads. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to take a break and canals? You in a minute? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I guess we can break. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. okay. Thanks, Jake. Thanks. Oh, yeah. We appreciate that. Video games. I don't know. Why is my water gross? I have no, mine was foggy. I, I think it's just got a lot of air. It's in aerated. Because I know mine settled and look. It, it looks doesn't like settle. Water. It's the, the, the bubbles go away. Whatever. The water, s- the, the water settles <laughs> beneath the air. That's <laughs> true. true. Look, this is semantical. Here's the thing. Not a word. <laughs> <laughs> I bit him with my semandibles. God. Look at the area you have. Dump God. the semantical. I bit him with my semandibles. Let's oh, talk, let's talk semanticals here. Semanticals oh, my God. I important. found an amazing list of puns the other day. Oh, gosh. Let's so share good. those on this episode of the podcast for a really well, good semandible. pun. That's just a portmanteau. Oh, yeah. It's not even a portmanteau. I was saying yeah. semantics yeah. and mandible. Semandible. <laughs> I bit him with my semandible. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs>
That's like somebody being really like chuffed at themselves. That's like for to being be, like, oh, to bite someone with their semandible. <laughs> yeah, to they be use precise. semantics to be precise. To be precise, right. I bit him with my semandible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy dishonored return of Nick Brecken or the bite of the semandible. Let's not mince words with our semandible. <laughs> the semandible's bite. Ugh. Idle thumbs ninety eight. Bring it. That's the name of it. <laughs> Ninety-eight. Bring it. God, when's the last time you heard Fucking somebody say "bring it"? I just bit you with my mandible. <laughs> Fuck everything. Oh God. So we'd like to say thanks to our sponsor, um, Audible. And you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard and get a free audiobook download with a free trial of their service. For a month. For a whole month. You get to keep the book keep the audiobook. Yeah, of course. Audible. That's for you. That's you take a, that's, that. Yeah. That's just it's a little just taste. Get, get your beak wet. Yeah. Get your beak wet. Yeah. But uh we have some we'll recommendations. Like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so we have some recommends from the readers uh via Twitter. Yes, we do. Uh, um, well, one was double recommended, Chris. And yeah, I think this you'd was, like to... Yeah, we had to read this because it was two thumbs recommended this. Two it thumbs is, oh, up two, uh, for the Bible. For this audio book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. James Earl Jones reads the Bible, the New Testament King James Version unabridged. This is, a re- this is James Earl Jones reading the entire Bible. So it says, in a voice as rich as it is recognized... James Earl Jones lends his narrative talent to the King's James version of the New Testament. In over 19 hours, enhanced with a complete yeah, musical score. Is. 19 hours, enhanced with a... I'm just going to say that. Yeah. 19 hours, enhanced with a complete musical score. James Earl Jones interprets the most enduring book of our time, using the acclaimed actor's superb storytelling and skilled characterizations. Hailed as the greatest spoken word, word Bible version ever. And with almost half a million copies sold, this exquisite audio treasury is certain to enthuse and inspire. I kind of want to get this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're right that that sentence is well written, but I think an editor would have said they used the word James twice and would ask to use a different <laughs> word. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we can't call him Jim. We can't do that. Okay, fine. Fine, James Jimmy twice. Jones. Yeah, it's just not going to so odd to read that. But when you hear it aloud, it's not as bothersome. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> As a claim, what is it? As something as is recognized, as acclaimed, as is recognized. What was that said? That was tremendous rhetoric. In a voice as rich as it is recognized. What's really good? Mm. It's a really alliteration. It's really wonderful. Alliterative. If you are the copywriter at Audible, please subscribe <laughs> to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard. <laughs> For, you probably have a free subscription, but, do, but yeah, yeah, you want another one. Give that one away. Yeah, and, and use then, this one. Yeah. Yes. We also, um, a reader, Brad Leclerc, recommended Moonwalking with Einstein, which is the new jo- uh, Jonathan Safran Foyer book, which I haven't read, but I want to. I haven't either, but I'm a, I'm a fan of I like Jonathan the man. Safran Foyer. I like his work. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know what we could do? What could we do? We could go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard, mm-hmm. get a free audiobook download. Mm-hmm. On one of our phones, because it'll work on either device, Android uh-huh. or iPhone. And then we could each use one earbud and listen. Oh, you could drink out of the same malt, too. <laughs> yeah. That's, Why that's would we so each true. download it? No, no, no. Oh, on so. one. Oh, we could use either of our phones. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and then, then just, just use one of our kind of, free audiobooks. 
steal the occasional furtive glance as as right. a, 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 an exquisite turn of phrase right. is produced, and we share a knowing look. Right. Oh, that that four. <laughs> <laughs> the writer of such the, the, this uh, writer of such quotations as writing is like pulling teeth out of your penis. <laughs> that is a saffron foyer quote. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks. If you want to hear that sentence read by James Earl Jones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No. Yeah. So thanks to Audible and uh, AudiblePodcast.com/slash/wizard. Thanks to both of those. That's where you can go. <laughs> if you if you have any recommendations, you can email them to questions at althumbs.net, and maybe someday you'll hear them on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Did we tell you about... Yeah, I've been talking about this game a lot, but it was recommended to me. And it's actually it's on... It's trying to get greenlit right now on mm, Steam. This game is really good. And it was recommended to me as FTL. A turn-based FTL meets the zombie apocalypse meets the real world. Which is a pretty... That's a good meets, pretty meets, good meets. Sell. That's a yeah. solid meets, meets, meets. And uh, I think it delivers on all fronts. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's called Zafe House Diaries. You name to, is a sad I'm not one. happy about that name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the kid's no. great. Whatever. They're Australian. But it's Give a him a break. Name. I'm just really sick of Z being put everywhere. Uh, Dude, like, you got to watch out for those Zs, man. It's getting pretty the dumb. Sleeps. Like, every fucking zombie thing is just Z this, Z that. No, it's really it's pretty stupid, I think. Not The Walking Dead. That's true. We don't even use the word zombie. That's true. Except when they're well, talking about A lot about of these it. things don't use the word zombie. They just put that Z in the title as, mm, like, a yeah. clever, like... In, implication, I, mm-hmm. I think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you guys came okay, up, but, when you guys came up over, with the, anyway, <laughs> Tomb Raider. No, I was to say, when you guys came up with the name The Walking Dead, I appreciate that. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That was actually uh, that was Jake. Oh, okay. yeah. good job yeah, yeah, naming yeah. The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. It's really Sean wanted clever. to call it Z Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was also good. They were also going to be French in it. <laughs> then it would be Zed. That's true. What are we talking about? A real game now? Because yeah, we're talking about Zayf Diaries. From <laughs> oh, sorry, Screw <laughs> Something Studios in Australia. Screw tape or something. Screw, <laughs> screw, <laughs> screw, <laughs> screw. <laughs> All these poor guys. I think uh, we're screw, screw, screw Studios. But it's a anyway, really stupid name. Anyway, it's, really, it's an incredibly <laughs> Screwdio games. It's probably called Scrutio. <laughs> Chris, that's yeah, Scru- Marco Scrutio. It's called Scru- oh, Scru- no. Scrutio game. Safe uh, uh, House Diaries Scrutio Scru- yeah. game. It's uh, good. It's Safe House Diaries as developed oh, by best game. San Francisco Giants shortstop Marco Scudero. <laughs> that's all I can think about. Uh, games. That's all I can think about games. <laughs> Sorry. Scootero Games is... I'm pleased. Anyway, let's hear about this game. Maybe he has his games. St- you met Marco Scootero. Remember that? That really? was fun. How? Yeah. Why? Where? Oh, really? Oh, total aside. Oh, he was... Uh, so was this is episode of Metal Funds you weren't on. This is... It was great. It was... <laughs> so he was traded to the Giants like a week later, but Adam uh, like just at replied the Colorado Rockies. because Adam he's being our fan. housemate. Yeah. Um, and Adam works at Twitter. And they were like, oh, you should come to the game. Come down on the field. Meet everybody. He's like, bring some friends. So Jake and I were like, fuck, we're going on the field at AT&T Park. Sweet. So we got to go meet to- the Rockies. Yeah so-, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we went to batting practice. And um, going to batting practice, by the way, is fucking amazing. It's really hard to hit those balls. When you're in, well, <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the stands, 
this is gonna be a classic me thing so i know what you're gonna think when i say this when you're in the stands oh. you're like i get a ball I could maybe i get into the warning track <laughs> yesterday i want to interject here yesterday sean was like i could i could take obama in a round of golf <laughs> really believe that okay that's good to know. we're both lefties so we beat the same disadvantage based on the course we were on but i'm just better so no i just feel like i a I mean, no oh, yes two, okay yes one, you one think two that. points two points two points one is if i knew it was coming up it was like you are you, could, you could cram. Yeah. Because yeah, what's cram. he going to do? Ambush him. He's going to go to the UN and shit. Like, he can't fucking can't, be out there. You can't cram golf. <laughs> no, I, I golfed a lot in high school and college. So I just have to, like, just get some of the things back. Like, I just got to knock the rust off. But what's he going to do? He's got to, like, he's going to be at Air Force One. They can't, you know. a golf course on he's there. Got a golf course. <laughs> just yeah, golf in, in, the, in the top <laughs> bubble. <laughs> So golfing with Tiger Woods doesn't make you as good as Tiger. I bet Tiger Woods golfs with some tips. shitty people. All right, look, maybe he didn't. Tiger maybe there was was super maybe, maybe fucking scolded. Tiger like Woods could take it. Maybe he did what I would. Maybe he did what I want to do, yeah. which is like when you, you sink a shit when you sink a birdie putt, just go like oh, and just drop your putter and let the caddy pick it up. Well, yeah, after that you immediately started talking about how if you. If you sunk a shot playing basketball with Obama, you'd be all up in. I would face front for sure. It. That's the yeah. only way I think you can get away with it. But like, I would like if. Yeah. If I like posterized Obama. It's funny how many different sports. I'd probably pop How many different fantasies you have of beating Obama at sports. (laughs) Just those two. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could probably gin up some more. But like. Sure. Yeah. Croquet. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that Obama just seems like Obama is your weird secret sports nemesis and he has never heard of you. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like, he's also like one of those super competitive guys. Like yeah. I like that. Oh, about that's him. why you think you would take him. No, I like because that he's about the president him. and he's super competitive. <laughs> but like, if you beat George Bush, like if you beat George Bush in anything, he's just gonna go. Oh, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> you know, like, like Obama's gonna be pissed. Obama, he's gonna be flying to like somewhere, you know, to like a. He's no drama, Obama. Oh, it eats away at it. <laughs> you know it does. Uh, God, so Obama's flying on Air Force One away, and then he gets the Alec Baldwin and the Aviator, like his one PG thirteen. Fuck, and, there, and then that's it. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, you're dusting off the. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So you're on the field talking about how easy it would be to hit all the balls. Wait, where 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 were we even? AT and T Park when you were taking on the. Oh, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. <laughs> No, this story is completely over now. <laughs> but no, when you're in the stands, you're like, I <laughs> bet. You're in the Super Bowl. Like 25 pitches. If I came around on one, I could probably get one of the warning track. Then you go to batting practice where they're only pitching like 55, 60 miles an hour. And guys are just crushing them. And you're standing where they're standing. That wall is like in another time zone. It's so fucking far away. Uh, that was all I noticed. Mm-hmm. And then Marco Scooter hit the game winning home run in that game. Yeah. So Scooter, and so he's the developer of Safe House oh, Diaries, Diaries, which is why you heard of it. He was right. like, hey, guys, thanks for coming and actually, he doesn't, he, check he, out my game. And he, he gave you one of those business cards that has the game URL on it. Oh, the business right. card was actually, it was really, the reason that I think we didn't check it out at first is because it was a mini CD business card. It was one of those, oh, that no. sucks. <laughs> it was one of those weird shaped business cards where it's really thin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so gross. Uh, hey, Marco Scudio. It was lame, a mini, was a mini CD lame. business card with a QR code on it. Oh, that's yeah. tacky. Anyway. <laughs> 
Thanks, it's only had his English is is very poor. So yeah, he, he was transferred. Rap, I was traded. So he was tra- transferred. Yeah, he was transferred. He went. To, he's in AP now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this people at is, home are really curious about Zephas diaries. Actually, they're not because they've stopped listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking good. Well, they've instead they've just went it's, off and started playing that game. Yeah, right. is, yeah. Sean yeah. said it's good enough times that uh, it's really good. It is really good. Yeah. I, play, I played it as well. I yeah. uh, Adrian recommended he. I think he separately recommended it to me and then mm-hmm. I let his recommendation like sit there for a few days because I mm-hmm. was I just so what do you well, I did the exact game? same thing oh, really? no 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 so he's like you should really get this game and I went like I'll tell you a second <laughs> I was, oh. you should really get this game and I went okay cool yeah totally and then I went to the website and I was like oh it's ten dollars okay okay I'll just bookmark it okay and then about three minutes passed he's like so you got that game yet <laughs> this is on I am I was like no and then like, my Skype rings <laughs> he's like buy that game let's play it right now I'm like is it multiplayer he's like no I just want to talk to you while you're playing the game. Like, he's like, download it right now. So I, what he had, like, I had to do it. You yeah. know, now I'm talking to the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, he just kind of walked me through it. And we, I told him all the things that were happening. <laughs> Weird. <That's> funny. <laughs> yeah. You should have Skype screen shared with him. Yeah, we could have done that. I think he was maybe working on his Warhammer figs, and he just wanted to like <laughs> <laughs> talk to me. He's like, now what's happening? Is Hector? Hector's? Yeah. God, he's so racist. Let's get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, you're. It's a turn-based. Um, did you? Which mode did you play? The regular. The regular mode? mode. Okay, so I haven't played the regular mode because oh. it was recommended to me that I play the second mode, which is get a car you and get that out to of me here. after I already right. started playing it. So you have a map that's sort of like I guess you could say tile-based, and uh, you have five people that are randomly rolled that are living in a house, and you in the mode that I was playing, you have to sort of get all the parts to to bring a car back to life to escape, but there are zombies everywhere in the neighborhood, and it's. Um, completely menu and UI driven. So it's basically like journal pages that you flip through to manipulate the characters and resources of the, of the game. And, um, but spatially everything is thrown out. Cause when you first right. said this game, you said it was all text-based mm-hmm. and I had a completely oh, you thought it was be like a mud impression. Yeah. yeah. Like you, the whole game, you're looking top down at a map of the, like it feels like playing where, a like board region you're in. Yeah it, yeah. it does very much feel like playing a board game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can feel free to do and like you're drag, way better. At describing you drag games around. Than you have five characters, uh, and each of them has a unique symbol on the map, and you can drag them around where you want them to go. And then when you're done with your turn, like everything that you said to do in the turn, which could be explore an area or like assault an area or barricade the place you're in or search for useful items or cook a meal or like there's a you know like two dozen different things and they have also have specialties too so you can people be like good at, yeah look the, for items mm-hmm. like weapons or like tools mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and different people are good at certain things and when you're assigning who you want to do what the game will will indicate like on a one to five scale how good that how mm-hmm. likely that person is to be good at that thing um and so each person is a randomly generated person and their random traits include things like gender age racial background profession uh like um personality mm-hmm. uh like i had a weird i have a weird group makeup where you have five people two of my people are white two of my people are black and one guy is asian and all of the people who aren't black are racist against black people <laughs> both white Sweet people and the, both yeah. white people and the asian guy are are racist against black people it's weird and so i had there and also um there's three women and two guys so it's gender balance is pretty even in mine uh but there are these like you end up in situations or at least i'm not gonna say you because i have no idea who else plays this game but when i was playing i would have you know i would send like three people to the next 
to like the store adjacent to the mm-hmm. house that I started in to explore it. And then I had two people back at home and people start developing these like like an animus to each other. I was constantly trying to like se- – it was horrible. I'm like trying to segregate people racially because right. I didn't want them to start – because they, they start getting testy with one another. And I got people to overcome their racism by just pairing them up together and give, and they got they had some successes. Sometimes that works. Sometimes awesome. people sometimes oh. when people like succeed in something, mm-hmm. they develop an affinity for one another and then they overcome like prejudice and so on. But sometimes it just gets worse. I had these two like a uh, uh, this like because people also have class prejudices. Mm-hmm. Like people come from lower, middle, or upper class backgrounds, and some of them are prejudiced towards people of other class backgrounds. And I don't even know which was the thing that was making these two women. But like they were stuck in this house for a long time because the other three people were stuck fighting zombies in the other one. I didn't want to leave until I had cleaned all the zombies because I, 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 right. I don't want to leave any area like infested, mm-hmm. especially when I've only explored two parts, two right. areas so far. And so these these women are like barricading the house, just getting more and more irritated at each other. It was really interesting. Like, it's a really <laughs> interesting game right. because the fact that it's turn-based and the fact that all the relationships between all the people are so – complex mm-hmm. or like so theoretically yeah. complex it feels even even though it's turn-based and you can take it out however slow you want it feels like such an active experience right you know a lot of games even a lot of fast-paced real-time games <laughs> you can be mentally checked out while you're playing them. even games that are complicated and difficult right. a lot of times they're just complicated through muscle memory it's like mm-hmm. if you've played them enough you can really just check out your brain and just go through the motions right. and it's really you're not engaging mentally at all even though you're technically mm-hmm actively engaged not like being critical yeah, yeah. you're just kind of like well, okay whatever uh this game well, well how are you like no i'm doing whatever oh good thanks yeah good uh this game i was just it was weird playing this game because i've been playing a lot of sim city mm-hmm. over the last week right I'm trying, and just, trying to anyway you go into a and beta like, yeah, state yeah you can you can sit there and like make some decisions but like you can easily in that game mm-hmm. get into like a relatively passive mental state while right. you're playing because you know of course you can uh, this game was such right. so in contrast because like, when you don't check you one do of the boxes, yeah. oh, it feels like you like you check everybody's all the relationships. Good, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then you send these are metaphorical boxes, right? Mm-hmm. You send one guy to do something. You feel like you've done every, you've covered all your bases, I yeah. should say, yeah. and you send one guy to do something. Oh fuck, he doesn't have a gun. Yeah, right. Like, oh my yeah. god, I didn't send him the gun. Oh, yeah. and then so it's like, and you're just like, it's. It's starting to tell you the outcome. Yeah, yeah. So you hit basically go, and then it writes in a journal. Then all your actions oh. are resolved, right? Which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, you're reading it, and you're just waiting for the paragraph where it's like, Mark was eaten. Well, but I, when he I, does, I, <laughs> like when it doesn't happen, you feel like you like, even though you didn't cover all your bases. Yeah, yeah it feels yeah. you dodged a massive bullet. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Well, also it's really nerve wracking because before it actually re- like scribbles out all the stuff, the first thing that happens when you click go is you hear. Like a short they little are, audio yeah. representation of what happened. So you might hear like just a low rumbling, which maybe means they spotted zombies but didn't engage them. You might hear like some gunshots and some screams. You might hear like loud zombie ro- – like, right. like you don't necessarily know what that means. You hear them initially. sawing like right. if they're barricading. It's like, oh, fuck. This is either really good or really, really bad. Yeah. It's you know, it's, it's good. And so it's calm in the distance. Yeah. And it's like a half a second. Effect. Right. Because immediately after that, that little audio scape – you immediately get the text and you read it. It only takes a few mm-hmm. seconds to read because it's it's just a few sentences. It just usually. sets a weird, ambiguous mission, expectation. Yeah. Yeah. But your yeah. brain can process a lot in a, yeah. in a second or two, you know. And suddenly it's like, oh god, oh no, please, oh thank god, oh thank Christ, oh <laughs> it's it's good. It's a good game. Yeah, and I haven't completed. I haven't won that mission yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't, yeah. might get the car back up, but that's a really cool one. So yeah, there's two different modes. 
What's the goal of yours? I don't know what the goal is. I think it's maybe it's. I don't even. Is know. it just sort of long term survival? Yeah. It okay. Might, it might be. I yeah. Know. I like the fact that the car one has a very specific goal. Yeah. I'm gonna. And you're learning actually. Oh, it's great. As you're exploring locations in the second mode, uh, you find little clues like, oh, you know, it says like a note. It's like Brian, who's not in your crew, just like. Don't forget that the blah 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 is at the factory down the way. Remember, we saw those starter plugs or blah 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 blah. Mm. So you're like getting information, and then you have to go to the map and like find the street and find the building and go. Okay, that's the one we're going to go to. It doesn't mark them or anything. You yeah. kind of have to use those notes, yeah. and then you can move them around on like a table. Or like there's a there's like a, a notes section where mm. you collect the clues, mm-hmm. and they just sort of all go in there, and you can sort of like push them around and be like, these are the ones I've done, these are the ones I haven't done. And it doesn't do any of the hand-holdy stuff where it says, good job, that note's done now. Right, They're right, just right, artifacts right, right. like you yes. would have in your pocket, totally. which That's I cool. love. So yeah. the game is really, really, um, it treats you like a smart person. It expects you to be really, really critical all the way through it. And it's just a really wonderful game. And it's 10 bucks. And actually, they're on, they're trying to get Greenlight right now yeah, on so Steam. Go so go, go give, them the, give them the thumb bump. Yeah. yeah give them, I feel like this game would do well on Steam. I think this game would do incredibly well on Steam. Based on how well stuff like Legend of Grimrock is. Like some of this right. game feels mm-hmm. like right. it would be appealed to a lot of the same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's one of those games when people see it, when it comes, like when if it were to get on the front page of Steam, it would, yeah. Like, I mean, once off. sites like Rock, Paper, Shotgun and stuff start talking about this game, if they haven't already, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it would get a lot of attention. For sure. Definitely. I want to see what these guys do. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I want to see what Marco Scooter has got up his sleeve. Of right? course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's is I think the website is just zafehouse.com. Yep, it's yeah. zafehouse.com. Yeah, it's just safehouse with a Z. Anyway, it's good. Yeah. Thanks, Scooterell. Mm-hmm. It would also be a really good tablet game. But there are two guys, yeah, I, think, I think, so I don't think they Maybe it would resources wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the kind of thing that if the game does well, they could, they could yeah, you know, to- yeah, totally eventually do. You doing, Jake? Is it time for reader mail? Sure. Mail from you, the readers. Yeah, it's, we got a couple. Send your... we've, we've been getting a lot of good reader mail. So if we're not reading your mail, um, we apologize. Uh, we're inundated. Uh, that said, keep it coming. Questions at idlethumbs.net. We will read it, and then sometimes we'll read it on the podcast. Yeah. If you can keep it to a paragraph, it's probably going to get read on the podcast. Yeah. Or if Chris can easily summarize it in his mind and then slightly awkwardly summarize it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see here. Uh, Yusuf Cole... So, so, uh, yeah, okay, I'll just pick these right now and go. Okay. Yusuf Cole says, Hey, Thumbs, I've been reading about Jason Aurora's Castle Doctrine, a multiplayer game about home invasion. In the game, you, a man, must protect your home and valuables from other players through the means of traps and walls that you can design. Among those valuables is your family, your wife and child. In an interview with Rock, Paper, Shotgun, Roar disagreed that the game could afford the choice of multiple genders for the playable character and his family. He bases Castle Drockton off his own perspective of wanting to protect his wife. But there's something fundamentally wrong and backward about a wife occupying the same functional space as her property. Even if he's moving away from inspiration, would it be so horrible if Roar allowed the player to choose the genders of the game's characters? He'd still have an NPC standing in for a bag of cash, but at least it wouldn't be so offensively cliche and possibly a turn off to female players. Sorry if this was over long. You can cut it as you please. No, that was a good length. Uh, yours, you, me, you. Yeah. Was a good link. This is a really, this is a I, this is really fascinating, fascinating question, yeah, right? I agree. Yep. Yep. Man, I don't even know what's where I where I really sit on it. I don't either, I but don't I have either. a few. Contra- I read that article mm-hmm. and, and still had no. I feel like my instinct compass. about this is that <clears throat> speaking theoretically, right? Like, right. We it, don't have as opposed the game to right having played right. the game and make. I feel like game. <sighs> A game clearly can be, doesn't have to be, but clearly can be an expression of an individual's perspective or fears or aspirations or whatever. And 
under that light, why shouldn't Roar be able to make a game that is specifically about a man who wants to protect his wife and child if that is something he's drawing from? If that is like right. a, mm-hmm. an internal like dynamic that he has something to say about. Exactly. Like, I mean, to me, that feels totally valid. Uh-huh. But I was reading a bit about this game and it seems like there's an element of it where there's actually like you exist in this whole town full of people who are all operating under that mentality. And at oh, which really? point it gets, yeah. At which point it starts to stretch a little, it starts thin to if, break down, right? Yeah, yeah. If the, if the assertion is that everybody right. in this given town is all a man trying to protect, like, so I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a case where I have, I have a general opinion about this, which is mm-hmm. that an individual creator should be able to, choose whatever character they want if it's true and honest to their experience but in this in the case of this particular game if once you're like synthesizing a society with that yeah, rules right. it gets, it then gets that, weirdly that does get less a lot. Right. well and also like a I mean, statement exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. i was just going to say then the game is saying something broader which and, and, maybe, it, and i think that would be unfortunate for jason Rohr to put out a game that maybe the takeaway is something more muddied and confusing and feels like a broader State statement that like he's a even and he's even yeah. intending to make. Yeah, you know. So it, I think it does sort of come down to when yeah. you actually just judge the text on intent, not what he says it yeah. is. When you're able to judge the game, on right? Intent. Exactly. That's why it's hard yeah. to answer this directly yeah. right now. But I, I do, I did want to make sure I stated that a, a, totally aside from like mm-hmm. the particulars of this one game and any missteps it may right. make, I think it would be a mistake to just declare roundly that a game must always allow you to choose a gender because that's fair. Right. Right. Like right. that's not how art works. No, like, I, and I, I think we're kind of on the same page with this. You know, I think like, let's say he makes the game that you're kind of imagining. That is this very sort of like personal statement about, and it has a level of specificity and detail that supports the feelings that he's mm-hmm. discussing. And right. that, that's in, about in an individual article. person's experience yeah. rather than yeah. a generalized social. Yeah. And like, you, so you can imagine like, Let's say he makes that game and then like theoretically a publisher or somebody forces him to put a gender selection in the beginning. He's like, oh, I need to do this. I need this. Mm-hmm. I need this deal. So he does it and it just makes the game worse. Right. You can imagine that also happening. It just sure. makes the game mm-hmm. muddy in a different way. Right. It makes it feel like just sort of like gender slapping. Right. You know, where it's like, oh, it's yeah, like, just like palette swaps. Yeah. Type yeah. Of shit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean that, but so I do, it, it is really kind of like intrinsic to the, the design. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the stuff you and I, Jake, have been talking about, like, con- like constantly for about six weeks now, which is like every single choice of character, like all, all these small choices you're going to make yeah, well, can just be the game de- or are intrinsic to the game design. What this comes down to not just the thematic design. Can a man protect his wife and children? Yes. Could a woman protect her husband and children? Yes. That's not relevant if what the game is about is this specific man protecting his wife and children, not right. a man. But if right. you then make it about a man, just and just sort of saying all men, all men right, 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 then it, it gets funky. Then it gets funky, yeah. and yeah. Uh, but it's just what you know. I think you need the actual mm-hmm. game, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, though. I agree. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a really fascinating question. Yeah. Thanks, Yusuf. For sure. Um, <laughs> God, this is really short. But it's worth reading. Babu. Hello, Thumbadears. I was recently <laughs> from Nick Brecken. <laughs> I was recently listening to Idle Thumbs number one. 
when the phrase so have I I've listened to that recently oh really mistakes were made yeah. <laughs> no it's not, oh it's so good I don't know you guys are so earnest talk about so, that Wario platformer yeah oh, you guys are like oh we don't know if this is gonna be any good we were right you, you, know what else we, you know what else we talked about he says when the phrase the kind of people who destroy their lives playing Zuma came up Chris gave a strained laugh how deep is the rabbit hole go? <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah <laughs> if you think about it 50 plus 70 is only 120 which is only like four point something days of your life <laughs> in other words like half of you and dota My, no i, oh, I have really? 250 hours of dota you're kidding Isn't that exactly half Isn't 125 exactly half of 250 Remember when you told me I was good at mental math <laughs> <laughs> two nights ago? I did. I do think you are actually most of the time. Except in that one instance. Yeah, except for in just, front of Except everybody. for now publicly. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours? Whatever. We don't need to talk about it. Nick Herman has 120 hours of Dota. 120? That's not... Uh, 820. That's okay. So... <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Sorry, I blacked out. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Steve is sending me messages on my telephone. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh, hi, guys, guys, I have a question. <laughs> what? I know you're recording right now. I know Nick's there. Okay. Tell him boo. Ben Lou says, Dear Thumbs, uh, well, the subject of the email is, if a designer makes an asset and the player never sees it, is it really there? Dear Thumbs, I know I'm late to the party, but I just got into The Walking Dead, and I think it's fantastic. Congrats, you guys made a cool, cool game. One thing that boggles in a my cool, mind, cool town yeah. to celebrate. One thing that boggles my mind is the amount of content in the game that I'm not seeing based on the choices I've made. Uh, I seem to recall Jake or Sean saying they'd prefer if people didn't play Walking Dead more than once in order to prevent surfacing some of the gamey aspects of the system. Yeah. Related to that, I noticed game reviewers often point out incidental assets that contribute to world building that aren't part of the critical path. Uh -huh. For example, posters in Minerva's Den and other stuff that obviously took a lot of time to make, but players might not actually see. On the other hand, there are games that practically scream, "Hey, look at this awesome thing I made!" Call of Duty, ba Call of Duty, Battlefield, quarter shooters, etc. What are your thoughts on the tension between spending time and resources on world building and alternate paths versus critical paths? There's like two sort of like things here. Mm -hmm. I'll let you answer. Well, just, I just want to identify them. Real quick. I, okay. There's like scoping and production. Like what do you have the resources to build and how do you make intelligent choices about that? And then the philosophical question of how do you feel about content people players don't see in a game? Oh, all I was going to say, which is slightly off from that, which is I'm probably the person he was referring to when it comes to wanting people to only play through it once. No, I agree with you completely. I actually don't care how many times people play it through, how many times play through the game, but I like it when people feel like they don't need to play it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you feel like your playthrough is your playthrough and you, you yeah. feel no need to go back and dig for all the other content because what your single player playthrough of a game, regardless of the game, was the experience that you wanted to have and it felt like true to your playthrough. Yeah, like if you're like... Yeah. I mean, I don't mind if people want to start going digging around like the game Walking Dead at least supports like literally you can just quick jump to chapters and fork your game and go and look at other stuff. But feeling like you owned your playthrough to the point that you don't want to play through the game again right away is something that I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, I I spent a long time, at least in my time at Telltale, not really being a fan of branching content in games. I thought that it was not worth doing because most players weren't going to see it. But that eventually changed in my mind because I think, and Sean, you've talked about this a fair amount, but I think just being able to, as a player, see the potential for other content and choosing to move past it is hugely valuable in terms of your perception of how big the world is and also just the mm -hmm. actuality of how big the world is. If you, 
if you see like paths not taken like and don't take them, it's it's everything's interesting. Because of our meaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's an yeah. actual choice. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, and even beyond like the, in the impact of like of its meaning, there's something about feeling you like you discovered something that you mm. could have missed. You know, like and you do that in life all the time. Like you do that, you know, like you'll see you'll be walking down like we were walking down uh Oxford Street and I saw that guy in the window. I was like, Whoa <laughs> and anyway. What um, you're not gonna talk well, about that one? Jake and I were like walking. Whoa. Jake and I were, It was literally shot like, Whoa I made that because we were also okay, we're walking down the Oxford Street, which is like a really busy like uh shopping street in London. London, and I look over my left shoulder, and I'm just—it's just been mannequin after mannequin after mannequin after mannequin on the street. This like—it's because there's a lot of like, fashion and clothing stores right. there. So finally, I look over and I see these two mannequins, and then at the exact same height and the exact same skin tone, and just the dressed exact same, similarly, yeah, and also like dressed nicely, is there's well, there's the, the female mannequin, and then there's a man, like just. Clearly, he was sent to like go dress the mannequins or like straighten them up. <laughs> but but it's just he's tucking hand. in her shirt in the front, oh, and he's God. just jamming like, his hand down the front. Like, of her oh, pants. But because he's an employee of that store, he has to dress in the clothes of that store, so it just looks like a mannequin. <laughs> At first, like, you're like, Whoa, "What's going on?" Well, I it Wait, was, but it's a guy. Uh, but it's oh my God, what the hell's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sean just yelled, "Whoa!" And I was like, I looked around for a second, then just went back. There's just a guy with his hand down a girl mannequin's pants, like. All like a belo- like past yeah, the wrist, past the, fore- uh, into the like forearm. forearm, deep and forearm into like, this pants. Like they're like facing these high waisted pants. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and it was right like, down the whoa. front, like near the, oh. screaming "whoa!" Like that is the correct response. Because <laughs> it was just like all these things went flying yeah, into my yeah, brain. Yeah. I'm like, why would you do that with mannequins? Why is one robotic? Why? Wait, that's a dude. Like it was <laughs> too many Why is that mannequin alive and putting its hand in that mannequin's pants? All manifested as whoa. The point is, though, had I not got that like out of the corner of my eye we would that wouldn't have you owned that playthrough of london because you saw that mannequin pants encounter that is that yeah that was that was not crit path content (laughs) (laughs) and uh i don't know i i think that's really cool about games i think that's really in london in london yeah i have a picture on my phone of boris johnson the mayor of london getting berated by an old lady in the street because you saw that i did i I was right there i walked right by him it turns out that like 15% 15% of people who go to London see that. Though. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty common. How many players? Yeah. yeah. I'll, t- I'll take 15%. But yeah. I, I love that about games. Like, I think that's really, really exciting. And, like, yeah, I don't e- know. Even if it's a piece of authored content, if it's something that you as a player just happen to come across in your playthrough and you can feel because of the way that the game works that you're that not every single person saw right. that, it feels special, even if it's not a totally emergent event. Because what's cool is if you, like, I don't know, you strive for this. I don't think we do this that often in The Walking Dead. But if you can accomplish it, it's great. Is then the crit path content that 100%, 10 out of 10 players are going to see. If that, seamless, if that is seamlessly discovered the same way that the weird little thing is, that's really exciting. Because yeah. then you start to wonder how yeah. much other right. shit is out there. Yeah. Right. You know, And that, to go back to the scoping and production And then issue, you go on the Something Awful forums and ask everyone and find out that not well, a lot don't actually have, is. <laughs> also just not have internet to yeah. make games more enjoyable. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Have internet to get them and then unplug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't yeah. work if it's SimCity though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Okay, sorry. Um, I was sorry, this is a diversion that's worth having because I was in uh, an airport 
this morning flying back from San Diego and I was uh, in line at the gate and I heard just these two businessmen in suits. One of them had his iPhone out and he was like, oh, yes, yeah, why? He was talking about fucking some car maker. I was like, oh, I upgraded to this and to that. But, you know, I just had to, you know, like, I, I just got myself at this point where I got to just stop playing when it says that I've got to wait for the maintenance or I got to do the cool down and stuff. So I just sort of put, put it away and bring it back in an hour. And, of course, what he's talking about is Real Racing 3, which just came out on iOS and is the other big game in EA's current always online, everything has microtransactions push. And it was just these two guys <laughs> in ties and suits with their iPhones being like, yeah, I don't know. Then the other guy was like, have you ever played Real Racing 2? The, other, the guy who's playing 3 and was talking about how he didn't like the free-to-play stuff was like, no, what's that? It's like, well, it's, what? it's Real Racing 2. Like, it's the one that came out before this. It's way better because <laughs> you just download it and you can just play it. And the guy was like, because oh, I over the way that I heard this conversation starting was this guy going, yeah, I'm really liking this. It looks great, but, you know, I can't play it on the flight. So I'm just not going to be able to play it. And then the other guy was like, oh, just get 2. Wow. Just download it right now from the App Store. Just grab 2. So it's fucking way better because you can just play it whenever you want and it's it just incredible. works. That's pretty amazing. I was like, That's wow, really those two guys don't do anything related right. to video games. Right. And they had the exact conversation of just of, like, whoops. Yeah. A guy was told to not play a Real Racing 3 because of always online and microtransactions and instead yeah. play Real Racing 2 by a dude who had played all three of them. Yeah. And is not a gamer other than an iOS gamer. Yeah. Wah, wah. Anyway, that was a really weird That's thing to just overhear while yeah. waiting yeah. for a flight. I was like, Jesus, what? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Check that, and we'll now get on the plane, and I'll play some Zuma's Revenge, you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. Wait, were you able to play that on your Mac? No, no wait, no, 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 playing it on your phone. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah. Oh, the Mac version still isn't fixed. It doesn't work on my MacBook. <laughs> it doesn't. It crashes immediately. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I haven't played uh, Zuma since two podcasts ago. Wow. I fucking beat the, I did what I said. We gotta give you a little pin. I did what I said I was gonna do. I <laughs> no, beat, no, no, no. It gets the coin. And you get the yeah. coin, so you get the coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I beat all the content. And, like, I just had, like, a fucking night, and I just destroyed like a really good all night. the, it was stupid, <laughs> whatever. I beat all the content in both games, and I haven't loaded either one of them since. You want to No, but I mean, I haven't loaded Here's the thing. Them. The sequel to Zuma... Zuma, where the first letter is a Z and it's like zombie Zuma, is <laughs> coming out soon. It's gonna you're oh, gonna, Z-uma. Zuma, Zuma, Yeah, get ready for that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. <laughs> one more. Uh, Wesley Johns says an interesting Kentucky root zero fact. <gasps> zombie mod. Yep. Dear Abby, your recent discussion of Kentucky Route Zero's map inspired me to write in. I'm a Kentucky native who began playing the game a few weeks ago. When I hit the map, I immediately recognized several street names from two areas near where I live, oh, cool. Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Mammoth Cave, Kentucky. I sent an email to the developer to inquire about his research for this project. Turns out he actually traced a real map of the area when creating one for his game. Pretty sweet. Mammoth Cave also inspired Will Crowther's Colossal Cave Adventure. So there's two pieces of media inspired by my home state, free from incest and hillbilly jokes. I'll forgive the cave for the latter because well, I don't run Well, Kentucky Route Zero is episodic, so you have four episodes That's left. That's true. <laughs> Could city folk respect be too far behind? I don't think so. Thanks, Wesley. Um, cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. When I so I especially because that game is like heightened weird reality. Right. right. Like it's not. Yeah. So I met the Hotline Miami guys uh, mm-hmm. a few months ago, mm-hmm. and that game starts. Uh, the tutorial takes you to the Brickle Metro stop mm-hmm. in Miami, which is one stop away from my wife and I's apartment in Miami. And we go to that Brickle. Me- we go to that Metro stop all the time. And every time I go there, I'm like, babe, it's just like Hotline Miami. Every single time. Every time. So then I meet these guys. I'm like, guys, oh my gosh. So funny thing about that Metro stop. Yada, yada, yada. I tell them the whole story. I'm like, yeah. so you guys have been to Miami? And they're like, no. Like, did you guys do any research? It's like, just names. 
was like, <laughs> but like, come on, like, you've, you've never been nothing? Like, yeah. but why, why did you choose that? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Good talk. Like, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so disheartened. So disappointed. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, I thought like, you just were going to say dishonored. Oh, so dishonored. It's just so oh. dishonored. Oh, so no, dishonored. this is back the so fact that I meant to drop. People who watched the live stream probably Did you saw say it. Bath the fact. Yeah, like zodiac facts. When when <laughs> dishonored was given the game of the year award at the mm-hmm. Baftas. The people who went up and accepted it apologized to England for the, there being no you in Dishonored, which I thought was a really amazing BAFTA-appropriate <laughs> oh, yeah. thank yeah, you funny. speech. Like, sorry, that, sorry there's no you. I think that was in the title for a while. Oh, really? I think it was. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Uh, in Dishonored, may have been. Dishonored, <laughs> there's a you. <laughs> oh, killing myself right. now. Nick, Nick Stutzman writes, Benefactors. Hey, Thumbs, I've been listening for a year now and appreciate your unique take on games in the industry. My question is simple. Have any of you had a random act of kindness or someone in your formative years impact your current enjoyment of games? My fifth grade classroom had one of the early Apple computers I used as often as I possibly could. My teacher took notice, and as the school year came to a close, she asked if I wanted to take the computer home for the summer. The machine had SimCity and several other games on it and was the first computer to ever enter my household. Her kindness allowed my parents allowed me to convince my parents to buy a PC after the summer was over, and I've been a PC gamer ever since. Just wondering if any of you had similar experiences. Keep up the good work, and remember, in a parallel universe, Nick Brecken is fucking you. Nick, Columbus, Ohio. Wow, that's a good sign off. It is. Yeah, wow. And hey, dude. Hey. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, uh, I thought I definitely had. I mean, I definitely, definitely had had this. Like, mine's actually very similar to this guy's. I um, we had. I stole this kid's computer one summer. <laughs> <laughs> we had an Apple computer in the library in my elementary school, and I played SimCity on it. And SimCity was one of the first games I ever played. Uh, I thought it was awesome. And I played a lot of it. Uh, and then I remember my mom, a couple of years after that, had to bring a computer home from her work because she had to learn how to use Lotus 1, 2, 3 uh, for her job. And she had never used a computer before. And so, I mean, we'd never had one in the house either. And so she like just borrowed an old computer from work and brought it home after hours so she could teach herself how to use that ancient spreadsheet software. And they had QBasic on it, which had QBasic Gorillas. Yeah. And I played QBasic Gorillas uh, and, like, learned how to put commands into DOS. Made those explosions stuff. three times bigger in the QBasic yeah. Gorilla source code. That's right. That's what you do. And, yeah. That was QBasic Gorillas is an important game. It is. It's formative for me. God, I'm having a really weird flashback right now. This is a terrible story. It's not a very good story. But I'm going to tell it anyway because it's like, I, you ever have, like, a day in your life that you, you remember completely... Just, just like you just have this weird, like, like diamond focus. Like I know exactly mm-hmm. what I was doing moment to moment when I was eight on this day, and this was like one of those days. And I was just like on my bike, were you, were you eight? Was that how I, you were? Yeah, I think it was yeah. like about eight. Yeah, I probably do the math, but there must, know, not, remember, there must not have been a moment in this day where you reflected on your age. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it was the day. It was the day when I learned how to put like playing cards in my spokes. And I was driving around like we were playing like on bikes and the people on the block were just like, we're all like had a good time. The sun was shining. It had that like fresh spring smell. And I remember this was a commercial actually. The, yeah, no, no, no. It was, it was, this an, isn't your it was an idyllic Saturday yeah. morning you're for, for Sandlot. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking of an episode of Pete and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember that it was also the day that my dad brought home SimCity 2000. And I just, I remember this internal conflict in my heart going on of just like, 
Oh, the kids are outside and playing, but I just really want to be in that fucking basement play the game. What am I going to do? And I remember <laughs> my neighbor walked up to me also, that to kill them. That kind of thing was... is torturous to a child, to like a oh, kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it was, it was like just it's so... like a cookie experiment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the worst. And I just, I remember that my neighbor, my neighbor's, or, you know, my, my, my friend's mom just walked up to me on the side of the, uh, you know, of the court and she just goes, like, you manage the water system this time. <laughs> God. But she goes, she just looks at me and she goes, you're not going inside to play that video game, are you? <laughs> and that was the moment. That was the exact moment that I knew that I was. <laughs> and I just, I was like, oh no, of course not, Mrs. Whoever. I'm, I would never do that. I just, I remember driving around, like, you know, riding my bike around one more time, just long enough to obscure myself behind a pine. And then I was just bolting right to the basement. Oh, I remember going in my basement. I didn't even play for like a half an hour because I was just like, she knows I'm in here. She knows. She knows I'm in here and I'm not going to play this game because maybe she's going to come in here and she's going to catch me play the game. I love and that you I... just catch you anguished in front of the turn <laughs> right? off computer. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> Outside. No, and then but I then just, her and then saying that makes you like insert like disc two. <laughs> <laughs> Every word she says, you're on dip. floppy fourteen. God, 15. God, and now I specifically I corrupted her her daughters. They were playing Sims two thousand by the end of that summer. Oh no, yeah. that's yeah, your they, definition of corrupting. Yeah, her daughters. That's, 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 that's exactly yeah. Are you corrupting my daughters? That was a moment that that was yes. My yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're playing Sim City two. Oh, okay, we that's fine. Cities. We swap cities on discs. Yeah. That was also the day that you your dad's disappointment was locked in forever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The other day, Nick was like, I think my dad always wanted me to be like a professional, like a kicker in the NFL. Like a BMX like biker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the X Games. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's a childhood memory for you. Good. On that note. <clears throat> we'll see idle Thumbs Origins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, see, see you next, next week. week. Nick, thanks for being on the podcast yeah, now and yeah, for man. the rest of time. Welcome yeah. back. Thanks. Right. Welcome yeah. back, man. Thanks. See you at work tomorrow. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you at our apartment this cool. evening. It's really exciting. Bye. It's pretty good. Like, I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> Video game. <laughs> and then.